0: On today's Insights, what to post on your website with the unemployment bonus nearing an end, using surveys and email to gather testimonials, and we talk about second quarter trends on Facebook, Google, and job boards in the staffing industry. Insights is brought to you by Haley Marketing. Right now, we're talking to lots of staffing companies that want to do more marketing, but money is tight. That's why we created three new low-cost marketing services to help you sell more. First, there's Haley Mail Lead Gen, a three-month content and direct marketing campaign to show employers how to reopen for business and better use staffing services. Second, there's Talent On Demand. This service positions your company as an ideal partner for last-minute needs and helps you better cross-sell all the kinds of positions you can fill. Finally, we're offering our digital sales toolkit that combines video email, web content, email marketing, and more to make your outbound sales efforts easier and more productive. To learn more about any of these services, you can give us a call at 888-696-2900 or visit haleymarketing.com slash COVID recovery. This is Insights. Welcome to Insights, tips and best practices from the insiders at Haley
1: Marketing. Insights will provide you with the tools you need to master your social media,
0: digital marketing, and employer branding. Your hosts for Insights are Brad Biley and Matt Lozar. What's up? This is Brad Biley and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how we doing, buddy?
1: We're great, Brad. We have breaking news on this podcast today, I feel like. Breaking news? I feel like we need a theme or something, but indeed in Glassdoor, basically becoming even closer and new services are coming about. It's, it's a big day in the recruitment marketing industry.
0: You were sending me a couple Slack messages about that right ahead of us talking today. I haven't had a chance really to look into it, Matt. Give us the 30-second what's going on.
1: Hopefully I can do 30 seconds. It's it feels like Glassdoor jobs and Indeed jobs are going to be posted on each other's platforms. Mm-hmm. So Indeed appears to be the, the central database for that moving forward, or you know, probably by the end of the year. But then also Indeed. Um, Their premium profiles is going to be merging with the Glassdoor profiles. So probably a lot of this stemming out of COVID, maybe not. Maybe this was oh, the long-term wow. plan from Recruit Holdings in 2018, buying both companies to make them more efficient to work together.
0: So staffing <laughs> firms can post their jobs on Indeed now? Is that what we're hearing?
1: No, I think it's more on the sponsored side. Uh, gotcha. But maybe there was a client, this may be another day another topic that we had their jobs were getting pushed to glass door and their jobs did go to Indeed. So that'll be interesting, interesting to see. A good follow-up, Brad, that um, hopefully I can report back on in August.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely uh, stay, stay in that. Let us know what's going on. And Matt, I like that we're kind of teasing a topic before we even get to the topics. You know, we have our <laughs> three segments and you come in with a whole nother segment. So, so bonus value for our listeners today from Matt Lozar. Matt, let's get to the show. Let's go what to post on your website with the unemployment bonus nearing an end. Matt, we talk to clients on a daily basis. We talk to individuals throughout staffing and recruiting on a daily basis. And one thing that we continue to hear is that the biggest competition right now to the staffing industry is an unemployment check. You know, people don't want to go back to work because they're making just as much, if not more, collecting unemployment. Well, Matt, that might be coming to an end. And as staffing firms start to prepare for that, What should they be posting on their website? How can we get individuals, candidates, to again know that the staffing industry is here for them with their best interests in mind?
1: Yeah, the CARES Act brought the extra six hundred dollars in unemployment, which expires July twenty sixth. So the week we're taping this podcast, and Congress is still debating about the Heroes Act, which may extend that, which may have a lower, you know, bonus unemployment, or maybe even a bonus for people going back to work. But That the the original act really extra six hundred dollars brought a monkey wrench almost to the high unemployment rate of people not wanting to go back to work. So, you know conversion rates on jobs really decreased in the summer, which we always see, and combining those made it tough. So with more people, we think entering that job market probably the last week of July or in August, step one is make sure all your jobs are posted because people are going to become are going to come looking for your jobs on your site or maybe some other you know third party sites to make sure your jobs are fresh well written so you can get the best talent there you know make sure your jobs are are posted and easy to apply for
0: and you have to sell that job it's not good enough to just list the qualifications and pre qualify candidates as they're looking at the job sell that job what's in it for the individual why should they go back to work for you in this role What's in it for them? What's the value that this job has on their career development in their personal lives? Um, If you're thinking through posting jobs on your website, you can't just list the job anymore. That's not enough. Candidates that are coming back to the workforce are going to have a lot of options. There's going to be a lot of places that are hiring and they're going to have the upper hand in that situation. So you want to sell that job. You want to captivate their attention so that they want to apply for it. And Matt, one thing that we always say, you have to include the salary for that job. You know, we see that there is a significantly higher conversion rate from job view to application when that salary is included. Applicants, candidates want to know what they're going to make before you go through the process.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic with this active audience. I actually was talking with um, Doug Dotson from Hospitality Staffing Solutions, and he was talking about, you know, reactivating their candidate database. But there's a lot of people that don't want to go back to work right now. So we need to put in that job description, the information they want to hear, right? The salary is obviously the first one, but then also in your job description or on other parts of your site, you know, what's the safety like for this job? What is the new process for hiring or for onboarding or for interviewing you know faq sessions sections feel like gold content right now like google loves them for featured snippets and they're really easy to digest when people go to sites because we see them on a lot of non-staffing sites and a really well-written faq section of just the common standard questions job seekers are going to ask who may not have looked for a job in this new world Maybe they looked for jobs in January or a year ago, but everything changed on March 13th and having that information them for them easily understood could, could help you stand out and land that top talent, talent that stands out from all those resumes you could be getting.
0: One of the best things you can add to your website right now, and our job board does this very well at Haley Marketing, job alerts. If you don't have a fly-in or some sort of form to capture and have individuals sign up for job alerts, I think now's a great time to add that. And the reason why, we're talking about people going back to work soon. It's nearing an end. So individuals are passively looking for that next job opportunity. They, They might not be ready to apply now, but if you can get them to sign up for job alerts where any time that you add a job that matches their skills or their search criteria, they get an email notification about that job. Now we're staying top of mind with them. Your staffing firm is on their radar in their inbox and you're funneling jobs to them saying, hey, if you're looking for a marketing role, we have this available. Next time that role becomes available or another similar role, they're getting that email again. So if you're thinking through what you might be able to tweak or manipulate on your website, I would really double down on those job alerts. Let candidates know what jobs are available and let them receive them in their inbox. How they want to, how they how they can open that email on a daily basis or weekly basis and see those top jobs.
1: And even to build off that that passive job seeker thought you had, Brad, you know, share good content. Share yep. content on virtual interviewing tips. You know, maybe freshen up the resume or, or anything that people could want to make them feel comfortable because. Maybe they have to wait for a safety issue. Maybe have to wait for schools to reopen. You know, there's a large, I think it's thirty some percent of um, families. You know, have to have somebody stay home with their kids. Like that's a huge percentage. And if schools aren't reopening, or if schools are reopening in the hybrid model, that's a big factor to take into account. So the passive content of you know virtual interviewing, or maybe work from home jobs. You know, or maybe how to reskill your current skills into this new world. employment opportunities, any of that content to build that long-term relationship with the passive job seeker will turn them into an active job seeker that thinks of your staffing company first when they're ready to apply.
0: I don't really love the resume tips article. I think that everybody has written on that topic and it's so overdone. I'm going to kind of disagree with my own self though right now and say, if the majority of the workforce has been collecting unemployment for three to four months now, that's probably the best type of content that you can put out, how to polish your resume so that it doesn't look like you were just you know, collecting unemployment or, or what skills did you develop during that timeframe? How can you rework your resume to showcase? Yes, I was you know, unemployed for three to four months, but here's what I learned. Here's the skills that I developed. Here's the, the qualifications that I, I received, You know, certifications maybe think through how you can coach somebody to improve their resume. I think it's a great topic coming out of the period that we've been in.
1: Yeah, I think to summarize this segment, it's, you know, take a step back because you might get flooded with resumes come August 1st. We don't know how that's going to react. There's a lot of unknowns, but it's a very common thought it will happen. So to really make sure your jobs are posted one, make sure they're well-written And then think about that basic information a job seeker is going to want who hasn't looked for a job in this new pandemic world. Make it easy to consume and really share it throughout different places of your website and different methods of transmission as well through email or social or any way you're able to get that information to your audience.
0: I know you were going to wrap up the segment, but I just thought of one more real quick point here. You had mentioned that staffing firms might get flooded with resumes in the near future. Think about your resume process right now. Think through if there's any holes in that application process. So if somebody's applying, right now maybe you're getting 10 applications a day, let's say on the low side, right? If you were to get 100 applications tomorrow, could your team sustain that? What would your process look like? Are you prepared for that? If not, use now as the perfect time to rethink that process so that you are ready for that rise in applications.
1: Thinking through that process is going to is a perfect segue into segment two. And I'll I'll share that info once once you kind of set up that segment, Brad.
0: Using surveys and email to gather testimonials, Matt, you said we're going to blend segment one right into segment two. Talk to me about a hundred applications and what that means for testimonials.
1: Sure, because if you don't have a really strong process in place, if your applications increase 10x in the span of 24 hours. That's going to be a challenge because there will be frustrated job seekers and we leave online testimonials. We talk to people about negative experiences more often than we do positive experiences or leave positive testimonials. So it's it's vital to make sure your processes are in place now before that flutter avalanche of resumes comes through to avoid your star rating decreasing just because you couldn't handle resumes.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I also think we're in an industry where we almost set ourselves up for failure when it comes to testimonials. You have one job listed on your website and 100 people apply. One person's gonna get that role and now we've left 99 other people upset. And it's it's not a fault of ours, but it's a byproduct of the type of work that we're in. So you need to, as Matt's saying, make sure that you're actively communicating with candidates you're giving them a great experience so that they don't feel like they need to leave you a negative review just because they didn't get that job you know matt i was working with a client last week and the the really foundation of this segment they wanted to send out a survey they wanted to know what the hiring outlook looks like for q3 q4 in western new york so a local company here outside of buffalo and what they did is they asked four to five questions about hiring needs and hiring demand coming out of you know, this COVID-19 pandemic as Buffalo starts to continue to reopen. And they wanted to know what their clients were looking at Q3, Q4. Where this ties to this segment is the last question was basically, how has your experience been with us? And if positive, would you leave us a testimonial? They sent out this email, this survey last week Overnight, 43 testimonials. Now, these weren't left on Google. They weren't left on Facebook. They were in the survey. But we can now use those testimonials in case studies, in our social media, in our email marketing, on the website. We can upload all of these testimonials into their testimonial widget and they'll just flash across the website anytime somebody comes to the site. We've used a survey and we've used the client's database of contacts and companies that they've worked with to build good feedback. And what's really good to see here is they're doing a great job in Buffalo and everyone loves working with them. I didn't see a single negative piece of feedback come in. But we're doing that strategically. We're reaching out and say, hey, while you're here, do you mind leaving us some quick feedback? So Matt, what I think that means for me is staffing and recruiting firms need to be mindful of building testimonials during this period of time and moving forward. Like we both said, we're in an industry that sets us up for failure. You have one job listed on your website. One person's going to get that role. And we now have 99 upset individuals. We need to make sure that the candidate experience is positive. We need to make sure that we're actively asking people for testimonials when we know they're having a good experience with us. And we need to just reach out to people. We need to be human. We need to ask for those testimonials. And if you're not actively gathering those testimonials, I would really challenge you to to make an initiative in Q3 to do so. You think about local plumbers, you think about local pizzerias, you think about local food. You're making decisions in your day-to-day based on reviews. Candidates and applicants are doing the exact same about you when they're looking at your reviews. And unfortunately, the perception of your company is going to be true it's going to be their reality regardless of how great you are people aren't going to take the time to reach out and say hey i saw this one negative review about you is it accurate they're going to see it and they're going to make their own decisions based off of it so continue to build those online reviews and continue to build that positive feedback
1: Yeah, it's crowdsourcing is what we do yeah. if they we see 47 reviews 283 reviews you know if it's 4.7 stars or 2.7 stars Instead of even just using the the feedback of someone you trust personally, which could be the way the method you go, but if two hundred eighty seven people are giving an average star review of two point three stars for whatever decision you have to make, we're wired to trust that data because it is a wide data set. So that's one way that the public perception is is really important. Yep. And
0: I I couldn't agree more. I mean, you think about a local pizzeria, Matt. If two hundred people said the pizza stinks, you're not going to go there. And it's the exact same thing. Why would I trust you with my career if 200 people are saying you can't get the job done? So you need to be building those online reviews and you need to make sure that you're actually reaching out and trying to gather those.
1: What I love about the example you shared was it collected it asked for the information which is what, you know, is a best practice for for really gathering some information, especially positive information. It also did it in a closed format. So a couple of different ways. One, you did collect the information. we would love to get that public. you know the team can take some next steps to ask those people to leave public reviews, maybe make a video testimonial. The other way is what if it was a negative feedback That's now in your email instead of on Google, on right. Facebook, you can address it personally with that you know the, the person who let, left that information. The, the other part of that, you know maybe if there's opportunities to grow is maybe there is a problem. Maybe there's a problem with your phone system or your online application or one other aspect of your business, and you need to investigate it further if five or 10 people have the same feedback. Now you can learn and improve your process while reaching out to them, thanking them for the feedback and explaining how you use that feedback to improve and deliver a better service process.
0: I can speak right to this because I went through the survey responses and there was one comment about this company's speed that they didn't get back to individuals fast enough. Now, I know this client really well. They've been with us for four or five years now. He responds to me, Matt, in probably five minutes. So that's a red flag to me of, okay, something's getting crossed here. Either their inbox, maybe they don't have their their email address um, whitelisted, Something isn't working there because I know this client, he's not ignoring that individual, right? So you're exactly right. Use that information to your advantage and think through, okay, what's going on here and how can we improve? Or is something going on that we weren't aware of that we can now address? I think that's a really great idea. Second quarter trends on Facebook, Google, and job boards in the staffing industry. Matt, you just published a great article on HaleyMarketing.com. We'll link to that in the show notes. Or you can visit, again, HaleyMarketing.com and check out the Ask Haley blog to read that article about these trends that you were noticing. Facebook, Google, and job boards in the staffing industry. Matt, I'm going to tee it up for you here, man. Take this wherever you want.
1: Sure we have you know we have a lot of information on our end because we work with a number of clients, whether it's through our job board software or managing Facebook campaigns or Google campaigns. and one of the things I want to do is really step back and look at quarterly trends because that should give us enough data to see if anything is changing and right now that is changing as fast as it probably ever has with a lot of uncertainty. but in looking at these areas, You know, Facebook jumped out the most of area of opportunity where when we compare quarter one and quarter two, the cost for impressions decreased by 30% in quarter two. The cost per click decreased by almost 5%. So it's cheaper to have your ads shown. It's cheaper to have your ads clicked on Facebook. That appears to be the first place budgets were cut for online advertising it's, it's a direct, you know, information is right there in how people are just, there's not as much inventory on there. So your ROI on Facebook right now is great.
0: Matt, I know some people listening now are probably going to go check out the blog. You have Facebook data in here and you have CPC and CPM. Sure. What does that mean?
1: CPC is cost per click. So that's okay. pretty straightforward. It's the amount of money it, Cost when somebody clicked on your advertisement in quarter two, we saw it at 39 cents. In quarter one, it was 41 cents. CPM is not as straightforward. It's cost per thousand impressions. Because okay. if we did cost per impression, you know, a singular profession impression, ah, impression, as Fred Biley would say, ah, <laughs> it'd be fractions of a penny, and that's just yeah. hard to comprehend. So, in quarter one, we saw the cost per thousand impressions at nearly eight dollars. It was 7.99. In quarter two, that was down to six dollars and fourteen cents. So, for a thousand people to view your advertisement on Facebook, Facebook was charging an average of six dollars and fourteen
0: cents. I mean, that's a no-brainer to me. You have a job listing, you have an advertisement that you want to run, a very specific message that you're trying to send to a very specific targeted audience for six bucks. I mean, why would you not do that? If you think through map, just just marketing dollars. Where else are you gonna get better value to reach a thousand people for
1: $6? It's a great value, it's a great return. It's obviously gonna be different for different yeah. job industries and geography, but on the whole, you know, that that online advertising awareness is the most cost-effective thing we've seen and it, it actually transitions great here into to Google to where Google stayed pretty consistent quarter one to quarter two. When you look at a display advertisement, and what I mean by display advertising, when you go to a website, think about all those ads you see around the website. That's a display advertisement. It could be a rectangle. It could be a square. It could be, you know, some, you know, different size of those actual shapes. But we saw, you know, that pretty consistent, plus or minus 5%. But to compare it to, 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 compare the Google awareness to Facebook awareness, it only costs $2.79 for those 1,000 impressions. So it's a much lower cost, it's not probably as targeted as Facebook for the lower cost, but it, it shows the value of the most cost effective way to increase your online brand awareness.
0: I, I keep coming back, Matt, to just being able to reach a thousand people for less than the cost of lunch. Right. If I went to a less place than like coffee,
1: Ch-
0: right, right. If I went to, you're exactly right. If I went to Starbucks, you're probably talking right around three bucks yeah. for, for a medium coffee. Um, gosh, I don't even know anymore. I, don't, I can't tell you the last time I went to Starbucks now that we're working from home. But uh, yeah, if you figure three bucks for a cup of coffee or I can reach a thousand people that could potentially do business with me, Sure, I'm spending that money any day. Um, Matt, talk to me just real quick. You have CTR on the Google search chart here. What's that?
1: CTR, common metric in the online advertising space, it's the click-through rate. Okay. So if you have a hundred impressions, if you have five clicks, your click-through rate is five percent. Got it. So we have different metrics for each medium. If it's Google, if it's Facebook, if it's a job advertisement that we we use as baselines of what we try to beat to provide value for for our clients and for any of those online advertising campaigns. So it's a way to determine success of your campaign. And really, the oh. the last area is you know, and the job boards pretty self-explanatory and not too surprising the the amount of page views on job boards was down 38% you know applications were only down 18% so you know fewer jobs are being posted fewer people are looking for jobs but the applications didn't decrease as much so there is definitely an increase in the amount of applications per job that we're seeing and building off that first segment we talked about here Brad it's mm-hmm. making sure that you write really strong job postings and descriptions to make sure you're getting the right candidate. Because if your applications are going to increase, it might be a little harder to sift through that pile. So you want to make sure you're attracting the right quality of candidate.
0: This is awesome benchmark data, Matt. I think if, if you're listening right now and you're saying, okay, well, as a collective, job board page views are down 38% in Q2. Applications are down 18%. Conversion rates up 15% measure that against your own data mm-hmm. and, and see how you stack up against this industry average that Matt put together. I think it's a great resource to know how the rest of the industry is doing. I know when we talk to clients, they always want to know, where do I rank? You know, my, you're presenting me with numbers. They can be good or bad. And anybody can skew a number to say, okay, this is good or bad, depending on how you, you build the narrative around it. But when you know a benchmark and you can see your data then with it, it gives you a really good understanding of, okay, my job views are lower or higher than this and the conversion rate's a lot lower. So that means I'm not selling the job. My, my job listing isn't captivating people. So use this data as a benchmark and, and pair it with yours and, and see how you stand.
1: It's, we get the question all the time, right? You send somebody data, what does this mean? Yeah. And If we can tell people that we're seeing job board traffic's down 38% and you're only down 20%, yes, it's a tough pill to swallow, but what you're doing is better than the industry, better than everyone else. So it's the same thing. You know, we don't have this data. AppCast has been pushing out this data for job advertisements on Indeed, ZipRecruiter, et cetera, how the cost per application is actually going up a lot. So if you see what's happening across the industry, you can compare it to what you need to do to get candidates or how your actual website analytics, your online advertising is performing, that helps you have those benchmarks to determine what's working well, what needs to improve and how candidate behavior or, you know, business B2B behavior is changing right now in quarter 2 and then as we move on in 2020
0: Again, if you want to read this report from Matt Lozar, you can check out haleymarketing.com. You'll click on Ask Haley blog at the very top of the website. And then from there, it's the 2020 Q2 trends on Facebook, Google, and job boards in the staffing industry. If you want a direct link, you could also reach out to Matt Lozar. I'm sure he's more than happy to send that to you. Or you could click the link in the show notes. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us, you can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley.